0: Hello, Master Plan world. Welcome to our latest podcast. As always, it's a pleasure to have you here listening to us. Um, I've had feedback from you all that you'd like to hear from some businesses that are both involved in wholesale and in uh, retailing. So that's what I'm bringing you today. So I want to introduce you to our special guest. Sue Blacker runs the online-only e-commerce business Blacker Yarns, which is the retail side of her yarn spinning mill, the natural fibre company. Sue balances production, wholesale and retail, to grow her business to over half a million pounds turnover. This is a business which embraces its niche customer base by creating both the yarns and the information the customers are looking for. Hi, Sue. I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business. Hello. Where are you now? So how did you get started in e-commerce?
1: When we first started, there were um, most of our customers, because we bought the business from someone else, hadn't even got email. And it's been over the last 10 years that we've gradually brought them into the mail world, not least because of, of the implications of cost. Post is now very expensive. So we first of all started with very much a manufacturing business and then moved that into um, building our product lines, which uh, again had been researched and, and was something that the previous business did, but did in a different way and then it seemed really like a no-brainer to us that if we could sell direct we would make more margin than if we sold to other people so the plan the moment we had our Blacker Yarns range was to sell online.
0: So is it would it be true to say that producing the right yarns for the customer is the centrally most important piece about the whole business it's, it's creating the quality yarns they're looking for?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think um, yeah, I started by having sheep, and we had sheep because we had holiday cottages and wanted something to entertain the visitors and <laughs> keep the grass down, literally, and uh, sheep were sort of small and handleable and made less mess of the ground than big things like cows or horses. So we we got into sheep and I got wool sheep because I wanted them to live a long time rather than slaughter them regularly. So we had sheep and I became a customer of the natural fiber company. So I'm a bit like the Remington razor guy. I like the business so much in the end, I bought it. <laughs> when, uh, when, when Myra and Philip re- retired, uh, they were sort of making noises and the noises I understood from my background in the city before I came home to Cornwall, um, to mean we, we want to move on. And so I went and talked to them and bought the business basically. And it's all about the wool. It's all about the sheep, and it's all about the provenance and the pride and provenance in creating your own wool and then making a fantastic yarn out of it. And you cannot make the right yarn out of the right fibre unless you know how the fibre and the yarn will work together to, to create something. So we go from really fine, silky, baby clothes-type stuff from some types of sheep through to garden twine from other types of sheep.
0: Sorry, so you, you actually mill garden twine as well as, you know, the softest yep. of soft yep. yarns.
1: Wow. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, we, we, oh, there's another company that does it as well called Tool. We're rather smaller than that. We specialise in the, the Devon and Cornwall long wool sheep, which is our local and quite rare breed, which produces something more akin to horsehair than really wool. But it's very long, very strong, very thick. And, you know, one day we should make sustainable twine and replace all that pink stuff you see all over the field. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, as someone well, who sure also lives in a rural environment,
0: do. it's everywhere here. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Jolly useful if you don't have some in your pocket when you're out in the fields. There's always something that needs fixing and it's, uh, I, it's I th- the thing to use.
0: I think there are there are farming businesses all over the world which are held together by twine the most essential that's of true. tools. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm not sure
1: what the e-commerce equivalent is actually. So we uh, might come
0: to that with our... uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's that would be an interesting blog post, wouldn't it? The the e-commerce bailer twine of choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure quite everyone would understand yeah. what we're talking about, but <laughs> it would be an interesting one to write. <laughs> so So once you've got the, once you had that product and you'd worked out your Mm. own range of yarns and developed those according to what Mm -hmm. the customers want, um, Mm. that range, you were calling that blacker yarns and selling that to, through your wholesale, you know, your wholesale links. Um, And then the decision was to start selling direct to consumers.
1: Well, not really. It's the other way around. Um, Three quarters of our business is spinning for other people anyway. So we spin yarns from stuff from small flocks. That's the natural fiber company. and It it provides the service and the wool goes back to the people who sent it to us. The other quarter, which has grown from nothing, is our blacker yarn side. And that we deliberately set up all along to be online from the start. And we've only, in fact, accepted going via stockists because we had this great big queue of people wanting to buy our stuff. So we we actually set up to be online only for the branded Blacker Yarns, which were originally all individually named British pedigree breeds of sheep, like most people have heard of Shetland or Jacob, for example. But we have Black Welsh Mountain and Gotland and all sorts of vast numbers of different breeds. Um, and so we've then simplified our ranges a bit because we found that as we grew, we couldn't get the quality and quantity we needed. So we now have some more standard blended things like West Country Tweed, which is made from wool that all comes from within 100 yards, miles of our mill, or Black of Swan, which is a joint venture with a Falkland Island wool producer who are at a place called Swan Inlet, which is why it's called Black of Swan. And then we produced a classic one that was a sort of entry level start point, good price yarn for anyone to have a go at. So we've sort of expanded from having just British breeds to having ranges of yarns suited to different pockets and different capabilities and different end uses. Because in the end, although we make knitting yarns, that's only still a raw material. So we take the raw material off the sheep but we're making something that other people then make into things.
0: Yes, and I think um, we'll get into how you get people to choose your yards from any others in a a moment or two. But before we dive into that, I just want to make sure sure we know where you're at right now. So um, you're currently based in the UK, and where do you sell to from the online side?
1: All over the world. Uh, Principally, we sell in the UK and the European Union. But about a quarter of our, say, our exports are, to, no yes, probably half our exports now are to the States and Canada, and the other half are mainly into Europe, that we sell to Australia, which is a sort of Coles to Newcastle thing. We've got <laughs> customers in, in Japan, Hong Kong, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, all over the place.
0: Simply because they can't get your product anywhere else.
1: Yes, and, and because what they're buying is British breeds, yarns, um, bearing in mind that I suppose historically, you know, Britain was where wool, the wool industry started and grew and became really important, and we have more than 65 breeds of sheep, and there are an awful lot of people all over the world who have British roots, and so they can buy wool from a Wensleydale sheep because their family came from Wensleydale or a Hebridean sheep because their family came from Scotland or Black Welsh Mountain, which is one of our most popular. And people link, people like their roots. They certainly... And and all of our yarn has got roots. It's all about provenance. Excellent.
0: Well, so the platform you're currently selling on your online site, is that Bespoke or is it a Magento or...
1: No, it's Magento. It's Magento with a bespoke template overlaid. And um, so we we bought a template and then we designed it and we added bits to it. But it's basically Magento. Okay, cool. And are there
0: any kind of widgets or plugins you've got going in there? So reviews, search and that kind of stuff.
1: Uh, Yeah, we've we've got several uh, add-on things. We can do more analysis. We can do... um, Oh, various the postal rates and things like that. Gift wrapping is an option. We've, we've actually bought it, we haven't actually implemented it yet um, because it's sort of slightly complicated to work out how to do it best. We haven't yeah. done photography for it. I mean, one of the things that is a big um, demand on, on the front end of a website is making sure your photography is phenomenal um, and, and it takes time to get it right. Completely,
0: and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would think, with a product as simple in inverted commas as yarn, all you really need to do is chuck it in a light box and click. <laughs> but but if you if you're if you're taking that whole provenance and the story and the historic element of the breeds, you've got to do a lot more to it than that, haven't you?
1: Absolutely, and I mean it's it's not even there's there's a real real problem about black yarn and dark brown yarn. It completely eats the light, so you have to light it from low at the side and things like that, otherwise you don't get any, um, any idea of what it's like. I think the other thing is, it's, it's not that easy to sell yarn online because most people work with yarn from the point of view of what it feels like. You know, if you do je- jewellery, people can see the sparkly bits and the design and they can think, great, we'll have that. And if you do knitting patterns, which, of course, we we do um, in order to sell the yarn, then people say, oh, I like that, therefore I'll get the yarn. But the yarn itself is to give people the impression of what it feels like. is really, really hard. Lots of people buy one ball and then buy some more later when they've tried it out. So we have a lot of words on our site, too, to describe it and some icons to give an idea of the softness we have one little sheep two little sheep and three little sheep <laughs> from firm to soft i suppose that that's one of the areas we where say, we don't say harsh and, and we don't say harsh and scratchy. we say firm and strong
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um, but that must be one of the areas where deciding to go from e-commerce only to having that network of stockists helps out mm. because then you've got people who they, they're browsing around their local um their local haberdashery they see that wool they buy one ball to see how it knits and what it feels like and all the rest of it and then they're like right i mm-hmm. like this let me go and buy the eight nine balls i need for the
1: project yeah yeah and also you find that generally speaking people will start with a small project with a new yarn anyway and, and move up and also because we have so many. We tend our stockists either tend to be like a Scottish lady who basically she's in Edinburgh and she she's not online at all. In fact, she almost refuses to sell online because um, she values the personal relationships with her customers so much. But she only sells our Scottish yarns plus a couple others. So if people want the whole of what we do, they pretty much have to go online because most stockists couldn't afford to stop our complete range so therefore these shops are are, are very small businesses yeah
0: so so therefore is you know take the marketing that you do via your wholesale network via your stockists Mm. is one of the most Mm. important parts of your marketing activity what's written on the band that goes around the wool itself absolutely
1: and uh, I mean, there, there's an awful lot that goes on those bands. Um, <laughs> you only see you only see the outside. Um, we did consult our customers about putting some of the information on the inside because we could make it larger, but they said no, no. We need the stuff, the techie stuff, the tension and the style and the length in the ball and the weight. We need that on the outside. So we've left it all on the outside. Some of it's required by trading standards you know weights and measures and so on and then on the inside we write the romance we write the story of why it's special and lovely and where it came from and how we made it
0: and presumably you know there's the the url and a full range available online explorer that presumably all of that's on the outside as well
1: yes yes yeah yeah it often amazes yes. me if you look at our you look at our website you'll see that uh, each ball of yarn has got a ball band and it's round the back it's actually got made by the natural fiber company as well so there's a sort of belt and braces so if people can't find blacker yarns they find the natural fiber company and link through from natural fiber company site
0: excellent because it I speak to a fair few people who have both their own route to market and they sell via stockists, and it, it amazes me how few of them or how often rather I come across people who are doing that and they've not put their URL on it. And you're kind of like, that's, that's crazy because that's really important for building your brand. You know, part of the taking the hit on the margin by going via the the Stockist network, it's about building brand awareness and turnover, but it's also about getting people to come to your website and buy at full margin so you make the money. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the how's your team made up back at the back at base? How many of you are there in the different areas of the business? We've got
1: fifteen people all together, of which seven are in the mill and seven are in the office basically. So on the production side we have a mill manager and a carding engineer who are our Seriously, technically qualified guys, mm-hmm. and uh, we've trained up. We've trained up an apprentice, and then we have a supervisor who runs all the finishing side of things, which is the intricate bits about putting the um, ball bands on and making sure everything's labelled correctly and so on and so forth. And um, also, she she works with four other people, and then we've got a couple other people who work across all sorts of things but but generally we because we are by industry standards small we have two of some machines but one of most machines and most of our staff can run at least half the machines so they move from one to another and back they set one going leave it to chunter along and then go back and do another job so that uh, production scheduling is an interesting and challenging side of things. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've got to keep all those machines then, moving, haven't you? Absolutely. Uh, and then on the office side, we have an office manager, uh, a person who manages our relationships with natural fibre companies, spinning customers, and uh, somebody who runs our black yarn side of things. And each of those two, that's Lara for natural fibre company and Sonia for black yarns. They all they do most of their own e-commerce, e- um, MailChimp-type um, emails and surveys and tweets and all that sort of thing. And they each have somebody who works to them. Usually, we have a whole string of interns on one side of the world on, on the Black Larn side. Yeah. On the other side, we've got a, an office assistant. And then there's me. And uh, my husband works half time, and he is actually the webmaster, and sort of tries to more or less maintain our consistent approach to things.
0: Cool. So the the blacker yarn side of things, you know, keeping that e-commerce business running, there's actually really only four of you,
1: effectively. On that side yeah. Of it. yeah. And 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 Douglas is half time. I am also the managing director, so doing a lot of other things. So really, there's probably only three of whom one is informal and not all the time, because they're interns. Um, we, we like our interns, actually. They, they often come back to see us, so I'm hoping that we do a good job. I mean, all all we do is about you know, having started from the sheep and the sheep being well cared for, because otherwise they won't produce good wool. Then all of our business is about ethical and environmental and trying to make sure that we give good, honest value to, to customers. and Staff.
0: So we've talked already about, you know, the importance of provenance, the history, the quality of the product, the ethical side we're now bringing in and everything yeah. else. What's what, you know, to be such a strongly value based business, which I think, it, you know, is, is somewhere, mm. you know, lots of the businesses I see succeeding really well com- are coming from that place. How or, mm. or what would kind of your top advice be for people in terms of making sure that's then it's, that's carried over to the website and the customers are getting that message and, and getting the customers to come through and buy into it and buy from you?
1: Um, partly it's being control freak as the managing director, so I- interfering all the time and, and demanding that it should be. Partly it's a sort of um, choosing people or in some cases, I mean, Sonia applied to us, and she seemed just like the right person. And we were sort of looking for something like it, and we just, it worked. So it's choosing people and then doing the right induction for them, um, giving them the right management support, and also maintaining a, a very clear um, design Bible, if you like. Um, you know, The colors that we use will be. Yeah, sort of thing. The, the the font that we use will be um, those sorts of things, and um, you know nobody can just add stuff all over the place to anything. Um, mainly because if they do, they have you know I don't approve the purchase order or whatever it is. <laughs> so so it's one way or another, there's there's sort of mechanisms there, and I think we started from. The, the guarantee that the um, the customer for a natural fibre company gets their own wool back, so we have production systems in place that make sure that we don't mix Mrs. White's and Mrs. Black's wool together, for example. Um, so that sort of value system just, just goes all the way through the business. And all of our market research and everything, and we've just done quite a big survey, said that's what people want that they, they want that provenance that truthfulness that source and 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 that story and then so we, we just have to make it make it visible so we we are a very wordy site but words are, seem to be one of the things that's quite good in terms of google rankings and all of our words are meaningful unlike some <laughs> <laughs>
0: So it's so when you say you're a very wordy site, I'm guessing that's both on the product yeah. page, information pages, FAQs, blog. It just yeah. oozes through everything. Yeah. Helpful information yeah. and information
1: that tells that story. Absolutely. So on, on the homepage of Blacker Yarns, we have a big button that says... Um, at the moment it's actually not there because we, we, we've um, we normally have advice and information but um, we've where we're're we're being uh, British knitting awards uh, vote for us our button there is, is replacing when we normally have um, but on the natural fiber company our top right-hand button is advice and information for download, and it's full of words, and Natural Fibre Company and Backy Yarns link. Natural Fibre Company, I should say, and also parts of the wordy background parts that don't work in Magento are all in Drupal. Okay. So we've got got Drupal um, pages on our Magento site, and we've got a whole Drupal site in um, Natural Fibre Company, which is purely about information
0: um yeah so finding the right so, tool yeah, for I'm, the right type of web page yeah. yeah cool okay so yeah so i've kind of made made you talk about a lot of different bits and pieces of the business but what for you right now is the most awesome thing about blacker yarns
1: um i i think right now it's the we, we, we're, we're having our 10th birthday and we've, we're launching a special yarn called Cornish Tin which is made out of 10 different breeds of sheep which really upset James because it's awfully hard to blend but it. <laughs> and, it, and, and it, 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 it's gorgeous and we've been promoting it via sending it to bloggers and um, that sort of thing and it's also for the knitting yarn world we have something which is unusual and enormous called Ravelry. I'm
0: so glad you've mentioned Ravelry because I really wanted (laughs) us to talk about that.
1: Uh, It's one of the big things and um, Ravelry is like Facebook for Knitters basically and it's got millions of members all over the world and loads of interest groups from people who ride motorbikes through to all sorts of people, people with diseases that you know makes it hard for them to use their hands or whatever and they have Groups for everything, and um, we've been promoting Cornish tin, and we've, we're a bit worried because we think we're going to sell out. It's a limited edition, it's special anyway, but we're going to sell out before we've even launched it at the present rate of progress. <laughs> um, so, so that and that has been, you know, really exciting, and, and mainly created by newsletters, online, word of mouth as well, of course. And, and this it- because you only use your hands, you can chat. Um, I'm not quite sure how the Ravelry people knit and type, but uh, some of them <laughs> seem to do an awful lot of.
0: <laughs> oh, that's that's such a cool mm. situation to be in. Um, mm. That's so. Uh, when um, do, when does it officially launch the um,
1: the eight, Cornish? The 18th den? of September. 18th of September. And what's lovely about it is as well, we went down to the Royal Cornwall Museum, which is full of minerals, and each of the yarns is called after a mine, and they've all been photographed with historic mineral samples collected by famous old miners and things like that. So there's huge amounts of stuff to put in the blog about that side of things, um, which will will make even more of a story. And of course, I've designed a pattern for a tin hat. Oh, that's it's awesome! I'm,
0: a, beanie, a beanie. I'm yeah. so. I, I'm a bit of a crochet fanatic myself, so I've got a feeling I oh, might right. be adding myself to your list of pre-orders for that one. Oh, um, yeah.
1: Well, we, we we have we have some crochet um, projects as well. There's a there's a pebble beret, uh, which I'm hoping to finish editing in time. So, yeah. Oh, excellent! But so that's that's really exciting because it, it, we're getting to the stage where. Um, we, we, we aren't enormous at all, we're, we're pretty specialists, um, but we're managing to sell out. We, we launched a, a yarn earlier in the year called Leoness, um, which was a, deliberately created as a summer yarn, and it's all summer land and 50% linen, and it's photographed on a beach with marram grass and stuff like that. And That, the first batch sold out, and we had to make more really, really quickly. Um so so that's very encouraging and it's it's all down to I think well sometimes it's down to us having the idea from working for ten years we now know pretty much what people are likely to want. Um and, and sometimes it's just because we know we're we're spinners of yarns and tellers of tales. So it's the telling the story and that that, that is where you overcome the fact people can't touch the wool online, for example. Uh, what I they think is care.
0: Yeah. I think what what I think is so brilliant about both both those stories, you know, the launch of this special edition Cornish tin wool to be the ten year anniversary and the Leoness um, summer brand is that it I think the reason it's been successful, and I think what everyone listening to this can take from this, is if you stick to your values, you get to understand your customer, you build that brand, and then you create a promotional opportunity, which plays on mm. every single angle of that beautiful brand and value system you and product knowledge and customer you know interaction that you've built up it will be hugely mm. powerful because both of those they mm. they totally resonate with everything else you've been talking about as we've gone through um, mm. so those that those are awesome well,
1: I, I think I think it is you know it's it, it, it is cradle to grave when we know which sheep produced the wool we know that we made the wool into yarn we know that we're selling that yarn and we know all about it and we then tell everybody the story and try and make it exciting and romantic and appropriate to their needs for their projects, then it's, it's about as bespoke as you can get. Um, and, and it's still only balls of wool. So it's in a way it's volume still. So we have to sell a lot of them um, and that's why we do it online but we try and keep all that, all that consistency and all that um, continuity visible.
0: Excellent. So, Sue, what's on your radar, your to-do list right now?
1: Um, I've got to do a blog item on, on the history of all the minerals that we photographed down at the museum. I'm also going to do a blog item on an amazing book written by a guy who you may have heard of called Herdy Shepherd, which I have just read. We're looking at reshaping and reorganising the Natural Fiber Company website because we've done quite a lot of work on black yarns in the last year, and we now need to make the the Natural Fiber Company sing a bit more. We've just had a big photographic session, um, which has given us loads more lovely photos, which really helps. We have a photographer. We've actually we found at the beginning, he got us, and so almost all of our pictures except the ones taken by individual farmers of their sheep and it really shows the quality con- continuity the lighting the everything that that works we've just spent three days with him doing the latest lot so we want to do some more customer survey stuff we're still analyzing we had our customer survey our, our mail order mailing list for we do mailchimp about fortnightly to Blacky Yarns customers, and then we do another one occasionally about every two months for stockists to make sure that they don't feel left out and they're ahead of the, the game a bit. Um, and we put out one two weeks ago, and we got over 600 responses, which is an amazing response rate. For you know, we all, I mean, people do respond. And they all said they loved our yarns, which was nice. But they also said whose other yarns they liked, what other things they wanted, what things they thought we could do better, um, what their comments were on prices, all that sort of thing as well. So we've got a lot of work to work through, uh, learning what they've said and understanding it. And on the other side of the business, we've just put in a big um, exercise so that we're, for the first Mm -hmm. time, doing our production costing in a much more modelable way so we can look at the impact of volume and prices on throughput and sales and for that matter we can look at the impact of throughput on sales on on prices yes yeah yeah wow so it's all all go isn't it (laughs) yeah yeah
0: Yeah, in every area of the business, I think. Right, it is now time for the top tips round. Um, And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. Sue, are you ready for these quick fire top tips? Yes. Excellent. So first up, your book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend?
1: Well, it's nice and short. I choose Lao Tzu, The
0: Art of War. Excellent. A proper traditional um, business book. Yeah. And one I haven't yet read, although I'm a big fan of Machiavelli's The Prince, which comes from a fairly similar angle, mm. I've I've been led to believe.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, I think Lao Tzu is, is, is more thoughtful. It's shorter and it's um, more general and it, it's more about broader issues. The, the prince is very much about working as an individual. I think the prince works for an entrepreneur, but that's better for a whole business in a market. That's um, a be. great way of defining them. I like I like Peter P- Peter is the um, learning organisation is also very good. If you want your organisation to last, you need to you know going from being a sole trader to being a repeatable business is, is is really quite challenging <laughs> I don't know which is worse <laughs> whether whether it's internet problems or customers or staff all of them give you times when you think oh god to say <laughs>
0: cool so next up the traffic top tip which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves
1: to be honest we use email our, um, our emails and the um, ability to capture people's emails, very few people seem to unsubscribe. We get unsubscribes every time. But those, and, and then that makes word of mouth. Because in the end, word of mouth sells our products best. Um, but we have to get the emails to do that.
0: Excellent. And then the tool top tip, this might be a team collaboration tool, social media plugin, phone app mm-hmm. or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day?
1: We actually use Microsoft Outlook for small businesses and we use, we've use we got a shared calendar and that's really important. Most people have learned that it's a good idea to put in what they're doing and uh, that really helps. But we also copy each other in on emails again. I mean, e- email just, uh, it's rather probably old technology in lots of ways, but it's, it's easier and more reliable than things like OneNote, for example, which they're okay, but we just find copying people in and on a, a ser- server based system means everybody knows what's going on and talking to each other helps a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that old tool actually opening up your yeah. mouth and I'm going to catch out with somebody. Yeah. yeah. So Sue, your startup top tip next. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them?
1: Research your market. Uh, we we get we get loads and loads of people, particularly um, design students, textile students who come to us saying I'm going to start a business doing X or Y. We get loads of mums who say um, I can't find lovely knitwear for my children, I'm going to start a children's knitwear business. And we try and help them and in many cases they just haven't actually worked out that what they like isn't what everybody likes. And it may or may not sell online and the price is going to be crucial thing and the costs and quite often high value beautiful children's knitwear is not something most people would buy because it's too expensive, children grow out of it and grannies don't trust their daughters to wash it properly. So research your market, whether it's jewellery or <laughs> greetings cards or taxi services, online dating, research your market. Find out who's doing it best see what you can do differently or better and make sure it works financially.
0: Excellent advice. So Masterplan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Blacker. Um, I have one final top tips question for you. If your yeah. business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running? Um, i think
1: it's really difficult, that one. I mean, I suppose you know it would be jolly nice to be able to have run Amazon or Google or something like that. Um, and in a way, i quite like to run them, because I try and make them behave better and pay taxes and <laughs> things like that. Um, I just love running the one I'm running. It, it's really difficult to find something that I would feel as convinced by.
0: I'm going to let you get away with, the Am- with Amazon as an answer on that one, Sue. So what a fascinating chat. It has been a pleasure to spend time with you today to discover how you're driving your online-only e-commerce business. Before we say goodbye, would you like to let n- listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media?
1: Yep, that would be great. We're on Facebook and we have uh, both The Natural Fibre Company and Blacker Yarns there. We're on Twitter, and we have Nat Fiber Co. and Blacker Yarns there. We're on Instagram with Blacker Yarns, we're on Pinterest, both of Sue Blacker and Blacker Yarns. We're on Ravelry, which is really, really big and important for everyone to do with knitting, and we've got Blacker Yarns there, and people can friend me directly there as well as they can on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. And our websites are www.blackayons.co.uk and thenaturalfiber.co.uk.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Sue. I'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash blacker or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Sue, thank you so much for being on the ecommerce masterplan podcast today.
1: I enjoyed it. Thank you. Excellent,
0: and everyone who's listening, have a great week, and we will catch you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce
1: master plan podcast. Find out more at e-commercemasterplan.com.